Hi everyone, this is Charlie Saunders, the CRO and co-founder of CS2 with the Revenue Growth Architect Series Revenue Growth AI. I'm here with Xander and today we're kind of turning the tables around. If you have listened to one of the past podcasts that we've done announcing the Revenue Growth Architect Series, we talked about how there's different series involved in that. We're going to be releasing more and more. One of them is Revenue Growth AI that I'm hosting as a regular podcast series, but really as a YouTube series. If you go over to our YouTube channel, you'll see a lot of videos there on different use cases that we're exploring in AI and revenue growth. Um, but now today, we're just going to dive into some really interesting things that we're seeing in AI and especially in our specific place of RevOps and how the RevOps and AI are interacting and interfacing right now. It's been a very fast paced dynamic change over the last, I would say three months, lots of different tools being released, lots of different um, people kind of talking very highly of the possibilities of AI, hence why we wanted to release this series. And it's just been pretty fascinating to watch. So Xander and I wanted to really talk about what are the possibilities and where could this really go ultimately? Um, without any constraints, like if this really does keep on exponentially improving over time, what weird world are we going to be living in when it comes to rev ups and what could be different? Some of the big moves, big plays that we've seen recently is Salesforce coming out with their um, potential roadmap where one of the great things we saw is that you could even just converse and have a conversation and then flows will be built in Salesforce. There's HubSpot, the released ChatSpot, which is an AI aspect of HubSpot where you can have that chat interface and be able to speak to HubSpot and ask for reports and do actions as well. There's AutoGPT, which is an autonomous AI using ChatGPT where you can create autonomous agents to basically just do tasks and keep on going through all of the methods of having to improve that task and actually complete that task without you actually having to do anything. Other tools like Adapt AI, which is there, essentially they're trying to make sure you can have AI just interact with everything on your computer without you having to prompt it and a ton more, you know, Adobe and the list just goes on and on and on and on. So we wanted to just have a kind of a wild chat on where is this all going, right, Xander? Like, where is this all going? <laughs> where is this going? I It, it kind of reminds me of the marketing landscape the MarTech landscape, right? And and it's always like fascinating at, oh, look at how many tools we have. And in three months, I feel like AI has a larger landscape than the MarTech landscape in such a fast, short period of time. Yeah, I saw a, um, a post yesterday on LinkedIn, someone saying that their CEO has mandated that any new technology that they bring in to their company has to have an AI element. Um, and... I don't know how I feel about that, but like totally, but I can see where they're coming from because if it doesn't have some kind of AI element, then, um, you know, is that tool really innovating in the right way? Is it going to be left behind? Is there another tool in the same category that does have an AI element? Like I know there's a lot of tools out there that have always had some, some kind of AI, like, you know, the sixth sense or gong or other tools out there. Um, but they're definitely all doubling down on it. And I can see, I can see a, the point, you know, if it doesn't have AI baked in, what is it going to look like is in, you know, two or three years, 
Right. What do you think? You're making an investment into a platform that you want to right. keep for a long time, um, regardless of how many times we see certain tools getting input and output, right? Um, but if you are looking for an investment, and especially if you're signing a multi-year agreement, I can see wanting to make sure that you're with the team that's thinking ahead and AI is clearly where it's going to be. Totally. And if it doesn't have that capability, how much time is going to be wasted using that tool with your team, right? right. So maybe if we take this specific example around Salesforce and the announcement and you know, there hasn't been like a ton of detail on exactly how this is going to work. I just saw like a GIF and video, a few videos and stuff like that, um, where you can have that chat interface, explain what you want to achieve and build. And then the Salesforce AI will just create complex flow automation for you. Now I say that, you know, assuming that just works really well, right? Um, and there's another CRM that doesn't do that. You could see like, okay, why would you choose the CRM that you have to do all of the pointing and clicking and thinking, and it takes you 10 times as long versus the CRM that can do it. Yeah, it's, it's like Zapier as well. I mean, Zapier even has a plugin into ChatGPT that can do a similar thing. It does, it's just a time-saving device that can help you get there. Um, and if, if, a, if a tool isn't really investing in that, then, then potentially there's a lot of time wasted. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even just thinking about, are you, are you going into chat GPT or are there other tools that are going to be coming out in the next three to six months that we're not even thinking of right now? Mm. That's going to take it to the next level and the next level. So well, that's where I fast, right? <laughs> yeah. That's where I want to go on this podcast because I just see it. It just seems like there's so many possibilities and a future I've never felt this before where I don't know what our, the the world that we live in is going to look like in six months, one year, two years, three years. I remember when we first started CS2 and even then people were talking about is Marketo going to be like a long, long term platform, something's going to come and disrupt it. And I thought, yeah, maybe, possibly that could happen in like five years or, or more. I mean, we started CS2 eight years ago, Marketo's still going strong. So that, that was even wrong. But now you start to think, actually, there could be some major disruption in how we work. You know, if you think about the last 10 years of, of um, marketing ops, we've kind of had the same-ish tooling pretty much. And we've interacted with these tools the same way. But if AI, the, all the promises that have been made here actually come to fruition, this could radically change just how we go about our job. And I think I think so much of the AI conversation right now is being focused on content creation. It's like the, it's like mid journey. Is it, you know, um, bad because it's stealing images from people? So I'll chat GPT, is it good at writing blog posts, stuff like that. And I think there's not enough emphasis going on to, into like actually how you're doing your job, even, even just like technical work daily could just completely change. Like if you're not going into Marketo and building smart campaigns or going to HubSpot and actually building workflows and you're just telling it, I want to build this and it just builds it for you. That's a completely different way of thinking about how we do our job and what skills we need to create, right? Yeah. Yeah. And 
and then not even thinking about that, but like just some of the stuff that we're trying to do, right? Like having these conversations and not having to sit and take notes, but you can actually be present and you can actually like have a conversation and know that in the background, the tool that's recording the call is also creating your action items, is also giving you your summary and you can be present. Well, in what other ways can we find that where requirements gathering is faster and easier, where gleaning insights out of data is better. And mm -hmm. I think that that's like where my mind is going is, is yeah, talking at it is really great. Like I think about my, my voice assistant, it's kind of like that phase one of where we're going. Um, but it's going to get to the point where it doesn't even require that input right now. So, well, I think it's a, just having a, a thought based on what you said there, imagine if you're having a requirements gathering session, you know, you think about maybe an in-house role, you're speaking to the team, you're discussing what needs to be done. The AI is listening, right? Yes, it's summarizing the notes, stuff like that. That's already a capability that you have today. But imagine if that AI, the summarizing, that could then talk to the Salesforce AI and then by the time you finish the call, it's already built it in sandbox for you to review because it's listened to the call. It's understood what, what the requirements were. And then now it's already built in the sandbox for you to test it out. Like, right. A lot, a lot of this stuff, like, it's not impossible to do that, right? Even now with the tooling, it may be impossible to get it like perfectly right. Like, is it going to build everything perfectly? But that's just a, that's just a matter of time until it can build things perfectly. But I think a good thought experiment that I've been thinking about is, so, you know, a lot of the pushback right now is like, okay, development, like if coding, building complex automation, um, there's a lot that you, there's a lot that goes into that beyond just like thinking about like the steps of the automation or whatever. There's like requirements gathering, understanding the whole context, understanding what other automation and other things that are happening in the org that you need to build around and factor in and order of ops and all of these different things that right now probably an AI wouldn't be able to factor everything in. It's just not there yet. But that doesn't mean it's not going to be there one day in the future. And then with AutoGPT, like if people don't know what AutoGPT is, I definitely encourage you to go check it out. I think it's the most liked or or interacted with um a project on GitHub, like ever or something. Um, wow. Basically, it's an autonomous way to use ChatGPT in an autonomous way, where you can just give it a task, and it will just keep on working on that task. It can create new AI agents. They can talk to each other, reason about the best way to achieve the task, come up with task lists, perform actions, search websites, bring back data, all just running on your computer. Um, there's a lot of core videos out there on the possibilities and yes it's like super early and maybe maybe there's is a little bit hype around it um at this stage but in in terms of where that could go imagine you give your autonomous ai the goal to clean up your tech debt in salesforce or to build really complex lifecycle tracking it then get it creates you know 10,000 versions of itself gets a load of Salesforce sandboxes, goes and builds it 10,000 different ways, starts talking to each other on how it's going, running thousands and thousands of test leads and contacts through, finding all the issues, 
keeping on learning and learning and learning and learning, coming up with the best solution and then letting you know when it's done, right? Technically, that is somewhat possible today, maybe not at that scale where you know, you're know not going to have 10,000 Salesforce sandboxes. You, you probably can't have 10,000 AIs running at once, um, but that it's on the scale. It's, it, there's like, it's on, you can do it that somewhat today, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Or even once once Salesforce launches the flow building AI, then 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 yeah, def- you can do it that. So if you think about where this could just incrementally go, I mean, one way of really understanding the exponential growth of improvement here is you look at Midjourney, the AI image creation. If you look at that a year ago, it's just like random splats and it kind of looks like a dog. You look at it now, it's just this hyper realistic, amazing photograph of a dog in a suit of armor, you know, attacking whatever. It's just amazing that just in one year how far it's come so i think i think we need to make sure that we're really following this because it could really catch us by surprise how things change quick quickly and at least if, if it doesn't then you're you're ready for it when it when it does kind of incrementally change it's interesting just you saying that. I still feel like it caught me off guard and I feel like okay. I'm paying attention to it, right? And and I was reading one of the many newsletters that I have access to right now um, and they were saying the, the average person hasn't even thought of this, hasn't even thought of using ChatGPT yet, you know, or, or any of the AI models that we have access to right now. And so it's like, it's going to continue to be important to be on the cutting edge of it otherwise you're just going to fall behind totally i i I couldn't agree with that more and thinking through the use cases a little bit more so and just how how it i think it's really important to understand what i'm trying to say where it you can't being cynical skeptical coming up with reasons why it's not good now is not serving is not serving you i think it's good having a conversation around what it can and can't do. And I think we can definitely talk about the good and the bad of this. Yeah. But thinking that it will never be able to do something, right, is a little bit short-sighted. Like, I think even a year ago, you probably didn't think, you could didn't think AI could create an actual video of a teddy bear playing a guitar and it looking like a teddy bear is playing a guitar. Out of nothing, you know, and if you go over and look at, online there's a new ai video creation and, and it can create videos that look like real real videos and that's beyond just like actual creating a, a static image i even saw something crazy about ai can read people's minds now uh go fact check this but they <laughs> they, they got an, someone in an mri and they would show them different images and the ai would watch the brain patterns and stuff like that and then it was so it was able to understand the patterns of all of the you know, brain waves or whatever it is that's looking at an MRI. So then when you, the person showed a different picture, it could kind of under, look at the patterns, then understand what the, the person was seeing and it was able to guess the picture that the person was looking at based on just looking at the MRI. So again, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know how good or good that study was, but I think someone told me, uh, like uh, probably uh, two weeks ago, that an AI would almost be able to read people's minds based on MRI imaging. I'd probably say that's bullshit. What are you talking about? And right. now it's it's starting to happen. So definitely stay staying in the loop is important. 
Um, and I think especially for, I think when you think about our job, right? And we're trying to, a lot of times we're building stuff in systems and it is very point and click. You think point and click, think point and click. How are we doing it? There is generally, you know, there's a lot of, it depends questions, but it's not, you know, it, an insurmountable task to understand the best way to build something. So to think that an AI, which is going to be able to have seen so many more examples than any human, be able to test things so much quicker than any human and be able to see patterns so much better than a human, isn't going to be able to do just as good a job at some point than a human at that. That I think that's naive, right? It always thinking that we're, we're overly special. So being able to then think, okay, so what is my role if I'm a, if I'm just kind of a prompt machine for the AI, then it's really thinking about, okay, I'm the person that's going to go around understanding requirements from stakeholders, all the stuff that I think mocks people, revenues people want to do. It's like gather requirements, understand the needs of the business, all of this more, um, personal and kind of ambiguous, creative kind of thought, thought experiments and exercises. And then you can just kind of take that and then have what well, one day an AI bot build all of that for you um, and test it and monitor it and make sure it's working. It does free you into that more strategic role. So kind of preparing for that, I think it would be, it would be a good move um, because it, it to, to me, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. It just doesn't seem like that's going to be too far away, right? When, when you're going to be living in a world like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm also curious though where that strategic conversation goes. Um I was I was reading a a post on Reddit where somebody was saying like it I find it hard to believe that prompt engineering is going to be a long-term thing. Is you're telling me that AI is going to be able to solve all of these magical problems, these things that are really complex but it can't think of its own prompts. It's not that far, right? Yeah. And we're already talking about it with AutoGPT and other and other solutions. So that's where I go, okay, you have all of the data. You have, today we think about things in tables. That's where we spend the majority of our time is connecting tables with one another. We never have enough time to draw the insights out. Well, what happens when AI is looking at the data, drawing the insights out, finding the next step? Will our job turn into more responding to those and course correcting and mm -hmm. finessing? So like getting more into the art of RevOps and receiving the inputs as well as the outputs and kind of keeping it running. I almost feel like it's a little bit more of the machinist who's never building anything on the assembly line, but as soon as something goes wrong, that person's responsible for making sure that it's all back together. It's like, is that where the role ends up going? Well, I think so. I mean, it's already <laughs> happening with auto GPT, right? So like if yeah. you watch the videos on auto GPT, someone will say, I don't know, I want to figure out how the best way to, you know, market this product, um, blah, blah, blah. And then, so they would just give it that goal, maybe a couple of other goals. And first thing, you know, it will come back to say, okay, I know what the goal is. This is what my task list is going to be. I'm going to you know, create a few other agents. One of them is going to go do some internet research. One of them is going to go like, you know, find some influencers that could be good to connect with. I'm going to get another one to go uh, get all of the information that we're creating and summarize it into Google Docs on your, in your drive and stuff like that. 
and you'll kind of get all of these agents going out doing all of this stuff and it just kind of runs and you just watch it and you can set it to autonomous mode where you it will just keep running forever basically and if you want to see an interesting example of that go go look up chaos gpt someone basically gave an autonomous G, G, uh, an autonomous auto gpt the goal to destroy humanity so it's currently trying to destroy humanity and it's got a twitter account that you can see what it's up to <laughs> up to there and a youtube channel terrible idea terrible idea i'm calling terrible it. idea yeah very scary <laughs> but also a little bit funny um hopefully but yeah so you can set it to autonomous mode or you can just set it where you need to kind of approve the next step each time so like you're saying you're there just watching it work and you, if it's like okay next step i'm going to do this then you can say okay yes or no and you can kind of course correct it so i think definitely now it's in that mode where you need to course correct probably a lot but yeah. over time you know you can just imagine it getting better and better to you know potentially not needing to course correct or if you are if you do course correct maybe you're you're actually doing a disservice to the process because it's figured out something that you don't even know and you're actually limiting it based Get on back. your stuff yeah yeah absolutely but i also feel like if we don't take that responsibility that will be the question where does where does the responsibility and accountability lie for the outcome right right because i mean we've seen this in organizations cheapest easiest way is probably where ai is going to go right be the most efficient but that comes at costs as well either more waste other things so it's like just looking into the future of you know if we if we give too much of our responsibility away the outcomes could be terrible so i think that i think that that's probably where we will find a lot of people spending a lot of time arguing you know this is where humanity needs to continue to stay so that we don't get into some crazy terminator stuff <laughs> yeah yeah and i mean the difficulty is that there's the momentum is there right yeah. Whatever you think about AI, whatever you think about this, the momentum is heading in one direction. You know, tech over the last year or so has been in a big downturn, but look at all the, the funding for AI companies. So it's definitely, everyone's trying to push forward as quickly as possible. There's a, there's a race going on for sure. Um, so there's a lot of excitement around it, a lot of, a lot of fear in different places too. Um, which I'm sure yeah, definitely needs probably even more fear or even more, you know, care. Um, but it's a train that I, it seems unlikely that it's going to slow down or stop. Yeah. Um, so is it better to just get on board and try and keep on top of it um, or try and ignore it? Um, but you're, you're right. I think in terms of when, it, when you think about like our role, like especially today, um the tools are definitely not in the place where you can just like let let it loose right we talked about it on the other on the other podcast you need to right now you're giving an input you're evaluating the output so you're very much involved if you think of it as the three-step process like input creation of the output reviewing the output like you're there beginning and the end in whatever use case you're doing now and you need to be right like in my 
um, leaf scoring video, you'd be there. I did another video that's coming out this week on, um, sorry, probably by the time this podcast comes out, it'd already be out on building an ABM strategy. You need to think about what the prompt's going to be. You need to look at the output. You need to kind of strategically prompt along the way. Um, so otherwise you would get into deep trouble and maybe that's, maybe we can move on to the, some of the issues with this. I think if you look at the Salesforce flow, um, uh, example where you're, you're able to build very complicated automation using that chat interface, that probably in the near term is actually a really bad idea <laughs> because what's happened over the years as complex automation has been a, like a, available to people without a, as technical background there's just an explosion of tech debt like you saw it you see it with you know you even saw it with you know marketo back in the day smart campaigns everyone creating smart campaigns in like crazy ways and bad ways bad best practices and it it ends up just bogging down the system creating so many issues the the industry's come up have come like come a long way maybe since then and the automation isn't even that complicated in marketo so it's probably not going to get you into too much trouble and then you know salesforce with you know apex and flow now there's a lot of people building in there and maybe they're not building in the right way so it's going to be creating a lot of tech debt all of the ipass integration tools like zapier wakato tray so many companies just have like all these crazy point solutions for different automation and it's just a it's just a mess so now if even more people can build and flow just by talking to it they're not it's not evaluating whether that is the right thing to build it's just building it right right it, it's just a build building ai it's not like evaluating if this is going to be a terrible idea ai so what we'll probably see in the near term is just an explosion of tech debt that is going to be quite difficult to dig out of eventually um what do you think of that do you think that's true i agree with that especially in the short term right we have to keep on thinking about where we're at right now it is thinking of the very next thing it's not it's not evaluating everything that's happened before it it's not you know going in and running an assessment and an audit um so as a result i think that organizations may may easily say well why backfill that role if we can just have somebody who currently is here asking an ai bot to create this stuff for us but that person lacks the expertise on is it right it's going to lead in that direction now i'd still think that we're going to get to a point where that's going to be easier and better because these things will start to be able to understand the current state and, and really make better recommendations. But right now, it's bad enough knowing that you've got people who are creating stuff uh, in Flow or other tools. Uh, I know I did it a lot with Process Builder. And then we have a lot of clients that are trying to dig themselves out of Process mm -hmm. Builder, right? Um, so we just want to make sure that we are still sh we are still narrating that story of expertise is important in this totally yeah and maybe ai can help even in the short term there because you could ask you could ask about best practices you could maybe not in the flow building flow but you have another screen open with chat gpt or maybe a chat gpt like tool that's trained on salesforce best practices in the community or something like that that could then help you yeah you can 
start building your flow and go, okay, is this the best way? Maybe go over to a different place. Kind of, what are the best practices that are you know most up to date best practices about building in flow? So maybe maybe you could you could actually think about things maybe a bit better. But definitely in the short term, I see a lot of tech debt. I mean, is everything just seems to lead to tech debt these days? Yeah. Um, but in the long term, like you said. It's not an insurmountable challenge for uh, an AI to to be able to say, actually, no, the way that you're trying to get me to build this based on all of the architecture in your system, everything else that you've got, and then best practices is not the right way. So, so an example would be, you know, maybe you're trying to do something on the opportunity and you have another flow that's doing something similar on the opportunity object and you start building it and it would say, oh, you've already got some automation that's doing basically this or something similar, or just you should just add this step onto that flow. Um, that really isn't that, if you think about technically, that probably isn't that bit hard of a challenge for it to be able to do something like that even now. So then just keep scaling that up and go scaling that up to getting even more and more and more complicated and even more and more and more sophisticated ways of building things. It's just, it's on that continuum already, right? And it just needs to get better and better and better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as soon as it starts training on first-party data, sky's the limit. You know, that's where I see what happens when you start to see all the, all of these opportunities being won by an industry. And the AI bot starts to just dynamically create campaigns against that industry with the cross-reference data that it has access to. And it calls out to a data provider and it finds the people to send the message to. And it doesn't even need any automation platform to do it. It just has its own solution to send out an email and a text and everything else. And it's like, I mean, maybe the downfall is, is that we're going to get inundated even more with marketing than we already are right like just thinking personally there's there's still enough noise um that that could just get kind of well wild. let's keep going down that path let's go as wild as we can get right because yeah. they say say you just have like a button in salesforce or something that says just like do everything <laughs> or <laughs> you have an ai that's just like do i want to just make more money for my SaaS product and you just go figure it out so like you said and it it understands who is maybe engaging with you the most, closed one deal, starts marketing to them, getting the contact. On the flip side, the people receiving the messages could also say, protect me from sales AI that does all the communicating with the AI. So our AI is talking to their AI, trying to sell the AI, and, and you tell your sales defense AI that the kind of things that you are interested in. So like have the conversations for me and figure out if anything's useful. Only let me know if you, if it really does align to this. So you've got AIs talking to AIs. Um, and then at that point, do you even need a CRM? Because like a CRM, like if you think, what's the point of a CRM, right? Yeah. It's that's the to do stuff in. Yeah. But it's like a human interface into your data. If AI is doing everything, do you even need a CRM? I mean, what do you think? Like if, 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 like you said, if it's, if it's, if it's got the capability to send emails, if it can connect to data providers, if it can un understand your data, if it can do actions like build marketing campaigns and, you know, set up your Google ads, do email campaigns, do your LinkedIn ads, schedule posts, all that kind of thing. 
do you, and it's doing all of your cells outbound for you. Imagine just it is sending email by robobots that are <laughs> dynamically, you know, intelligently responding to all of your responses. Yeah. yeah. And then it's it's yeah, it's it's calling people, it's handling all your inbound messaging them i mean even today right you're inbound someone does a demo request you can send an automated email out of outreach but imagine if ai is kind of handling that whole conversation i mean even conversica back in the day was trying to do that um yeah. that's not even like that hard um but then you yeah, keep scaling that up scaling that up scaling that up until you have kind of pretty much everything just being run by ai and then so what's the next logical step after that so if you don't need a crm you just have whatever, a general intelligence, super, super intelligent AI handling this. What does that mean? Salesforce is even a company. Do you even need flows in Salesforce anymore? You know, it's just, hand, it's just doing it all for you. So then if that's the case, what product are you trying to sell? Has that been completely replaced by AI? Like, does, is your product even useful anymore? And I, I think I, the way I came to think about it is that if you keep on going down this path, you end up at this, there's one super intelligent AI company or platform that does it's generally intelligent so it can do everything yeah. you don't need anything else right like you don't need point solutions because it can do everything right and it can, if it gets to the point where it can write its own code it can troubleshoot its own code it can build new products for itself if there's if anything else does come up it just kind of builds a version of it for itself and just does it right like how if you wanted to have a call recording AI part of that, it would just build a call recording, you know, AI for itself. And now you've got it doing your call recording and summarization. But do you even need to have calls because yeah, <laughs> you're like, who like, are you talking to? You know, I mean, let's let's look at that landscape, right? The Martech landscape, the sales tech landscape, like all of those things could be disabled, right? Let's look at engineering, all of the tools that are doing version control and QA and all of those things, those could all go away. So you're like, well, the whole landscape of our economy could change. Right. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I'm an economist by any means. I'm a theater major. So <laughs> I want you to pretend. Let's just pretend. That. Yeah, yeah. This but, is a safe space, Andrew. We can just completely come up and pretend who we are. I play one on TV. Uh, now we start talking about, you know, entire organizations that don't need to exist. That's jobs, jobs change. You kind of go back to the physical world of just, there's all of the stuff that's happening in the ether, but like the physical world continues on until we solve that problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just to, just to clarify, I don't think this ultimate state, I mean, I'm not an expert, but it seems like that's probably quite far off. Um, but it doesn't seem like it would be never right right it is the and that's why i wanted to just kind of have this conversation here because it does it does get weird pretty quick when you keep on extrapolating down the path <laughs> the steps are very small but very very fast because it can happen at such a scale that we can't do today right to, to take it a couple of steps back we were talking mm -hmm. about you know believing that humans are going to know more than AI, the thing that we all lack is time. AI has all the time in the world, 
right? right? And and can do it so much faster. So that that iteration is kind of where we can't. Some of us can comprehend it. I can't, right? I think it's just that's the reason why it's moving so fast. It's because it can iterate on itself so fast. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That, I don't know if I can comprehend kind of how the 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 pace of this either. Um, it is, yeah. Like going back to kind of that use case, that thought experiment before, where you set the AI the challenge to clean up all your tech debt, so it just spins up, you know, a thousand sandboxes and just like iterates through that. The only thing like holding that back even today, like assuming that the Salesforce, you know, flow building AI is somewhat good. The only thing like holding that back even now is just computing power to like do all of that, right? Yeah. You know, to be able to create a thousand sandboxes and have a thousand AIs just tinkering away in there and running test leads through it. It's not um, technically impossible. It's just maybe, you know, not feasible, like with the current, or it's just not even like a logical thing to do like right now. It's just like, too much it's too much computing power you'd need and like it just isn't really at that stage where you can just like, click a button to do that but it isn't impossible to have something on that spectrum now so that's where it does like kind of like i said a second ago it does just like if you keep on moving through these phases it does start to get very strange about what we're doing and and the guy keep on saying this it just that's why i just feel so passionate about staying on top of this because we, I don't think we've seen a massive shift in, in revenue and marketing ops where the way that we use our tools is changes, right? We've, we've got new tools coming in all the time and, but the fundamentally they all do the same thing. They're like a database that has like a, a, an interface on it. You click around and you kind of create data workflows and you kind of try and handle the data and you try and get data in the right place and in the right format and um and you you're doing that so humans can interact with that data in that format and do things but if if everything if the interface to that is a chat or a different way to not eat like you don't even need to think about the clicking the, that interface if you need to, if it's all about if it's all kind of running autonomously in certain ways that's going to change that really does change how we work um so and that is something that has not in, at least in my time maybe when people started went from like not using computers to using computers <laughs> you know that was like a big change but at least for us we've all been with computers clicking around doing stuff and, and it's been pretty much the same with just like a different branded tool in front of us but now it does seem very very it could get very different very quickly agreed agreed um it's exciting it's exciting to me and, and just like having this conversation and thinking about like well there are so many things that are iterating on top of each other like how can we help our audience stay on top of it like that's the intention of of the conversation that we're having right mm -hmm. now um, and we're we're kind of having fun with with the conversation today, um, but I'm excited to just continue to figure out like, okay, how I, I want to look back on this episode six months, twelve months from now, and be like, what actually happened? Yeah. Did it go faster? Did it go slower? Um, I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's going away. I'll guarantee uh, that one. 
<laughs> yeah. And then maybe we, we sum it up at the end here where the, you know, from our experience, like we said, we're not economists, we're not AI experts, we're, we're RevOps professionals, we've been doing this a long time, and we're just watching to see how this new piece is coming in and just slow, slowly, right now, maybe a potentially faster transformation of how we work. Um, I think the best advice is do some research. So for example, I think specifically from this conversation, go check out AutoGPT. Just go to watch some YouTube videos, see how it's able to just do things on itself, by itself, autonomously. Go check out the Salesforce, um, um, search for like Salesforce flow, uh, generative AI or something like that on Google. It'll come up and you'll see some gifts and videos on, on how people are building flows. Go check out the HubSpot AI, um, chat spot, have a look at what Adobe is doing. Um, especially around like the, you know, if you think nothing's going to come to Marketo, it's good. I think it's something's going to have to come to Marketo. Like look at how much Adobe's pouring into this with all of their, um, their creative suite. Now, I mean, does that they're just, just going to forget about their marketing automation? It does not do AI there, so just keep keep tuned there. Um, look at Zapier and just look at how these these companies are integrating this, and just realize that this is more this is more than just getting ChatGPT to write a poem. You know what I mean? It's yes. more than just a pope in a white puffer jacket. It's there's actually ways that we're going to try to other tools that are going to change. Uh, potentially for the better ultimately, but maybe not for the better in the short term. Um, so just research, keep on, keep on top of it, subscribe to our YouTube channel on this topic and keep listening to the podcast and we'll keep on telling you what we're saying. That's fantastic. Yeah. We are here trying to save time, trying to, uh, reshape the way that we're doing business, which is exciting. Cool. Well, thank you, Xander. Um, and thank you everyone for listening. Like I said, if you want to check out the YouTube channel, Revenue Growth AI, we'll also be doing a regular podcast series right now. Maybe every couple of weeks we'll be we'll be checking in and diving into things in this podcast. Um, so subscribe in both places. And if you have any feedback or any ideas or if you're seeing anything or if you think we're completely wrong, yeah, I want to hear it. So let us know. Thank you for joining. Oh, no, 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 no.